The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. We're glad you found us. This is UnityOnlineRadio.org, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms. Join in for spiritually enlightening discussion and the practical application of new thought principles. Here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I am your host, Galen McDowell, Reverend Galen McDowell, who is the executive minister, senior assistant minister, and the director of the Johnny Coleman Institute at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. Uh, where the Reverend Dr. Derek B. Wells is the senior minister and the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman is the founder. So today is the last show for this podcast to be on Unity Online Radio. And I want to make sure that I just address that right off the top, that the podcast will go on. Uh, I'm right now working to go over to uh, mindbodyspirit.fm as a place for the, uh, as a website host and my podcast will still remain on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, or whatever app you listen to. None of that will change. However, the show will not be live anymore. I'm going to have to record the show and submit it. Therefore, the ability to call into my show uh, for the next foreseeable future, which means at least the next couple of years, will will not have the ability or capacity to call in, uh, which was one of the things, to be frank, that I really loved about this format. It allowed me to interact with people, people, for, you know, and when I had guests, people could call in and ask guest questions that I wouldn't think of. Um, however, I want to just be uh, very frank. I'm exceptionally grateful for this journey with Unity Online Radio. As I mentioned last um last week. Now I'm going to teach seed time and harvest because I want to wrap this up. Um, however, I do want to at least get some things out of the way before I get back to teaching this Neville Goddard because I've been on this uh, podcast for 10 years, 40 episodes or more a year for for 10 years. I have Literally, I think literally this is my 399th or 400th show, like literally. I've just been putting out content, wanting to make sure that you had the opportunity to get pure, good, new thought metaphysics, goal achievement, prosperity, healing, uh, you know, some of the deeper mysticism, metaphysical Bible interpretation, and some of the best guests that I can find the Les Browns, the Michael Beckwiths of the world, you know, leaders of organizations like, you know, Reverend Dr. Sheila McKeithen of UFBL or the 
uh, head of the International New Thought Alliance when it was Reverend Dr. Blaine Mays or Reverend Timothy Stewart. Or I know I'm just name dropping, so I know I'm going to forget people. So I'm going to just stop right there. My point is this. Um, uh, I've had some really strong and powerful guests through the years. And this show has allowed me to develop relationships with people that I didn't know before. People who reached out to me because they had a book and they had, you know, and they wanted to talk about it. And I, you know, read the book. I said, you know, I got to bring this person on. So just as much as this show has been a blessing for others, it's been a blessing for me. And I've had so many people since the announcement that uh, as of tomorrow, Unity Online Radio was uh, discontinuing doing live shows. I've had so many people reach out to me from all different parts of the world, parts of the world that I didn't know uh, were listening to me. So that was something that was really humbling. And I'll let you know without a shadow of a doubt, beginning in May, either the first or second week, I'm going to take a couple of weeks off to just reboot. And make sure all my, my you know, all my uh, I's are dotted and my T's are crossed, quote unquote, is I'm going to take a couple of weeks off and then I'm going to be right back to producing content. Again, it won't be live, but you'll still be able to get it. My goal is to have everything available to you on, you know, Wednesdays like you always will receive it. By later Wednesday, uh, the producers here Louie and Jeff always made sure whatever I did later that day was already online on the website and it was already on the different podcast apps. So my goal is to make sure that that time frame still maintains because I want to make sure that you get what you need to do what you need to do. So I just want to, again, thank Unity uh, as a whole. Uh, you know, my friend, Reverend Jim Blake, who's the head of Unity, uh, Diane Ray, who's the head of Unity Online Radio, and uh, again, Louie and Jeff, and all of the other hosts through the years who have helped this process. And I want to give a special shout out to the Reverend Jamie Sanders, who's a Unity minister, who, who asked me over 10 years ago if I could come on his show as a last minute guest. He called me the day before and said, hey, I need you to come on my show. I don't remember what the circumstances, uh, uh, the circumstance was back then, but I sure I'm like, Hey, you're a friend. Let's handle it. And just because I came on that show and he interviewed me about whatever that was in 2012, early 2012, the, at the time, Denise Blake heard me reached out to him. He reached out to me connected me with Denise and we were able to create what is now known as truth transforms. So everything has its own blessing. And sometimes you don't see what, uh, or how particular circumstances and changes in your life. Sometimes just because you said yes to something that might seem minuscule at the time can put you on a trajectory towards something much greater. My simple yes in 2012, early 2012, literally my simple yes. Are you sure I'll come on, buddy? No problem. And if I'd have said no, there would have not been 10 years of truth transforms. And that's humbling in and of itself. So, I, again, I just want to thank my buddy for inviting me on because he literally shifted my tra trajectory with the offer. So I'm just going to consider that was spirit reaching out to him 
to ask me, I had to say yes, because remember, obedience is better than sacrifice. And my yes created a chain of events. And I'm sharing this because as I've been teaching this seed time at Harvest with Neville, one of the things that I'm noticing in his writings is he's talking about how you do your inner work with your imagination, how you're holding it in consciousness, and then chains of events start to connect to bring you to your good. Without a shadow of a doubt, this process has created and that's been created in consciousness has produced good and breakthroughs for many people all through the years. Matter of fact, um, I was just talking with Diane and just with the podcast, not the Unity website, but just the podcast apps. Um, you know, I'm in the last three years and a quarter, I've had over 103,000 downloads. And I don't even keep track of that stuff because I normally just teach. But it was just a moment of, of awareness for me. Like, wait a minute. I've had that, and I'm sure that's many of the same people doing it, but that means they keep coming back because there's something good for them in it. And that in and of itself was humbling. Like, okay, my content is being downloaded at this level. Okay, I'm doing something right. So again, I'm going to move the podcast over to mindbodyspirit.fm. I'm in negotiations with them to get that handled, but I think I can say that confidently that that's happening. I'm going to I'm going to take a couple of weeks off at the end of April just to reboot the process. In May, either the first or second week, new content will be coming. It, the show will not be live, but you'll be able to go to that website. They'll have a, 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 a app also to listen to if you want to listen to all their stuff in one place or you can still listen to it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean or whatever. So. It works if you work it, as Reverend Coleman used to say. So we're going to work it. All right. So let's get to the teaching because I know you all don't come here just to hear me talk about life stuff. Uh, but I think that like, well, you do come in here to hear me talk about life stuff. But you come on here primarily to get this hardcore metaphysics because that's what I do. So I, but I wanted to make sure that I let my listeners know that um, I'm not leaving you lonely. I will still be here. Truth Transforms will live. It will do what it needs to do. And every old episode, every episode, including this one that I've ever done on Unity Online Radio, will be on all of those podcast apps. And they'll be hosted on the mindbodyspirit.fm. So just be cool. Everything's good. And in May... We'll be back up and running just like we used to, except it won't be live and you won't be able to call in. All right. Now to the book. I've been teaching Seed Time and Harvest by Neville Goddard and actually had two chapters left, but I'm going to try to see about knocking out the last two chapters to this week. So at least I can put a bow on the Unity Online radio phase of Truth Transforms. So. Oh, and by the way, if by chance you do want to call in and just say whatever you want to say for about the show or what the show means to you and you're listening to this live by chance, please feel free to do so. I would love to hear from you. Uh, this has been a journey, and this is, you know, as far as calling in, at least for the next couple of years, this will be the last time I'll be able to hear you call in to the show. 
So you can call in at 816-251-3555. 816-251-3555. You want to call in about the show. Uh, okay? So, anyway. So chapter 8 of the book is called The Water and the Blood. And he starts off with different scriptures. The first one is John chapter 3, verse 3. Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And then John 19.34 wrote, it reads, But the one of the soldiers with a spear pierced his side, and forthwith came there out blood and water. First John chapter 5, verse 6, this is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by water and blood. All right? So he goes into a lot of, uh, you know, explaining the rites of baptism and other things and what does it mean to be born again and to be born again of the water and the blood. So he wrote on page 124 in the version of the book I have, the outward use of water and wine, talking about the, you know, communion, things of that nature. The outward use of water and wine cannot bring about the desired change. In other words, baptism and communion. We must therefore look for the hidden meaning behind the symbols of water and blood. The Bible uses many images to symbolize truth, but the images used symbolize truth on different levels of meaning. On the lowest level, the image used is stone. And then he gives example, examples in Genesis chapter 29 and, and Exodus 15. He says, when a stone blocks the well, it means the people have taken these great symbolic revelations of truth literally. When someone rolls the stone away, it means that an individual has discovered the allegory or parable uh, or parable is psychological life germ or meaning. In other words, roll away the stone, roll away the limitation, roll away this belief and separation, roll it away. Now let's get to the inner truth. Since it is this water in the form of psychological truth that he then offers to humanity. So, He's saying that the water is the psychological truth, the mental truth, the consciousness truth. All right. Then he wrote the literal minded man who refuses the cup of water. The psychological truth offered him sinks into the bottom as a stone. Now, let me just stop here for a moment. He's saying basically. When when we, for whatever reason, lack of awareness and understanding or being hard headed or just choosing something different, refuse to function in alignment with the truth about God in us and the truth about us in God, then we set up our own limitations. He says he remains on the level where he sees everything in pure objectivity without any subjective relationship. In other words, just because we see things as objectively does not mean that there's not cause behind it at a subjective level. All right. He says, uh, so he says, he may keep all the commandments written on stone literally and yet break them psychologically all day long. Why? Because we're not looking at the psychological nuance or as he's calling it the psychological truth. All right. All right. So, and then he gives example, example, example. So let me just get into this. He says to do what to to know what to do about a seeming misfortune is to have the cup of water, the psychological truth that could save the situation. 
but such knowledge is not enough. Man must not only fill the water pots with stone of stone with water, that is, discover the psychological truth behind the obvious fact. He must turn the water, the psychological truth, into wine. Okay. So you're turning this definite possibility, this psychological truth, into a definite thing, a definite good, a definite good demonstration or manifestation in your life. Can you turn this understand this this truth into a manifestation, a desired demonstration? Can you turn the water into wine? Can you turn the idea into a thing? Okay, I really want you to get it. Can you turn the idea into a thing? Can you turn the idea into an experience? Okay? So he goes on to write. He says, this is, <clears throat> this he does by living a life according to the truth which he has discovered only by such use of truth. Can he taste the water that was made wine? Then he wrote for those who are ready to hear this, because again, Neville is hardcore metaphysics. And that's what I do as well. He wrote a man's birthright is to be Jesus. He is born to save his people from their sins, which is Matthew one But the salvation of a man is not, by water only, but by water and blood. What does that mean? He wrote, to know what to do to save yourself or another, to know what to do to save yourself or another is not enough. You must do it. Knowledge of what to do is water. Doing it is blood. Let's stop there for a moment because I think this is very unique. Okay. So people used to say, when I was growing up, that knowledge is power. And I don't agree with that because that's the water according to Neville. I believe that properly applied knowledge is power. To have information without the ability to apply it won't necessarily help you. You have to, it's one thing to know that something is possible. It's another thing to do it or to know how to do it. And you, even if you know how to do it, let me just really bring the camel through the needle's eye as is stated in the Bible. If you know how to do something, and for whatever reason you choose not to do it, then you won't manifest the good you desire because action does it. And action isn't just physical action. Action is also mind, excuse me, mind action. That's why we say the law of mind action is thoughts held in mind produce after their own kind. Now, when it says thoughts, it's talking about in this context, thoughts and feelings. In other words, the thinking we hold in mind produces after their own kind. That's action as well, because thought is mental vibrational impulse. So to think is to create a vibration 
a mental vibration. This is why people talk about an aura. Some people have an aura. This is why when you walk in certain places, you feel a positive, good vibration. In some other places, your intuition, your feeling, your body, the cells of your body feels like, I don't need to be here. Something's not right. You feel it. Even at a cellular level, you can feel it. Like, mm, something's not right. So what I'm seeking to say is you have to do it. It's not about the outer stuff as much as it is about your inner mentality that's driving the outer stuff. Because people take a lot of unconscious physical action. What I'm saying is you have to be intentional. As Reverend Ike would say, you must be definite with the infinite. Definite thought, definite feeling, definite words, definite actions, definite reactions. Be in alignment, be in integrity with the truth of your being. All right. So Neville wrote on 129. The whole of this mystery is in the conscious active use of imagination to appropriate that particular state of consciousness that would save you or another from the present limitation. Now, don't miss it. What saves you is by appropriating the state of consciousness of your desired result. That's what saves you. In other words, get into the consciousness of that which you desire. This is why you have to use your imagination. This is why Neville talked about it so much. You have to see yourself whole. See yourself healed. See yourself with the breakthrough, the business breakthrough, the job breakthrough, with the raise, with the financial increase. You have to see yourself. See yourself married, if that's what you want. See yourself in the in the home of your uh, that you desire. See yourself in the automobile that you desire. See yourself writing the big tithe check to your church. See yourself. You have to assume a new state of consciousness. This is why scripture sometimes says, be still and know that I am God. Be still, calm yourself down, and realize that you can go elsewhere in consciousness. And when you can fully assimilate, fully accept, fully know this new state of consciousness, then by divine law, through series of circumstances will produce itself. Does that mean you don't have to take any outer action? Not necessarily. You have to act your way into the new levels of consciousness. So your actions have to match up with what you held in consciousness. To hold it in consciousness and then to do other stuff is not necessarily holding it in consciousness. Back to the book. All right. Okay, he wrote, he, he um, quoted Jesus in Mark chapter 14, 
verses 13, 14, and 15, where Jesus stated, This you shall meet a man bearing a pitcher of water. Follow him. And whatsoever he shall go in, say ye to the good man of the house. The master said, Where is the guest chamber? Where shall I eat the Passover with my disciples? And he will show you a large upper room furnished and prepared. There make ready for us. He wrote, Whatever you desire is already furnished and prepared. Oh, my goodness. Your imagination can put you in touch inwardly with that state of consciousness, that prepared consciousness. So in other words, uh, he's saying you can tap into levels of consciousness within you that are already prepared to produce new good for you. He wrote it this way. Your imagination can put you in touch inwardly with that state of consciousness. If you imagine you are already the one you want to be, you are following the man bearing a pitcher of water. If you remain in that state, you have entered the guest chamber, Passover, and committed your spirit into the hands of God, your consciousness. I mean, he's making it very plain. Some people are saying, well, no, it's not really plain. But for me, I'm looking at it as very plain. So let me just say it again. It's being very intentional with your imagination. Imagining that you are already the one you want to be. Reverend Ike would say it this way. Can you hold the mindset that you're the one that's entitled to the blessing? Can you hold that as a feeling? Not just as an image, but it's a feeling. Can you assume this image that you have in mind, I'm the one that's entitled to the blessing. I'm the one that's entitled to the good. I'm the one that's entitled to the healing. I'm the one that's entitled to the prosperity. I'm the one that's entitled to the loving relationship. Are you the one entire that are you the one entitled to the blessing? Are you the one? I really want you to just I really want that to land. Are you the one? entitled to the blessing. You have to say, yes, I am. This is what goes on with the what Neville and Neville taught originally and, go, and Reverend Ike tweaked it to simplify it. With feeling is the blessing, Neville would say feeling is the secret. As the blind father Isaac said to Jacob when he was pretending to be Esau, come close, my son, so I may feel you. Feel. Feeling gets the blessing. Can you assume the feeling of the one who's entitled to the blessing? So we got to take this break and we'll be right back with Truth Transformers. Practical spirituality. Positive messages. This is UnityOnlineRadio.org. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to Truth Transforms with your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. I just want to give you all a couple of things uh, for this weekend. 
I'm going to be preaching uh, as a part of a uh, tag team preaching for Christ Universal Temple for the seven last words to redeem human consciousness. That's our Good Friday service. So on our YouTube page, CU Temple, our website, www.cutemple.org, or our Facebook page, Christ Universal Temple, at 12 noon Central Time, we'll be live streaming our Good Friday service. It is remarkable. So you want to make sure that you check that out. If you live in Chicago, you can come and see it in person, but it will be a hybrid service live streamed and in person. Before that service actually starts, I'm going to be teaching via Zoom for another church, uh, Unity of Agape in Toronto, Canada. And I'm going to be teaching their Good Friday service. So I'm doing two Good Friday services back to back. But God is able and I'm prepared. So let's do what we got to do. Also, what a reminder that, you know, the Easter service this Sunday is... At Christ Universal Temple, the Reverend Dr. Derrick B. Wells is going to be teaching the metaphysical interpretation of the resurrection of Jesus. So you definitely don't want to miss that. Again, our YouTube page, CU Temple, CU and the word Temple together. Our website, Christ Universal Temple, uh, uh, excuse me, CUTemple.org, or our um, Facebook page, Christ Universal Temple. You definitely don't want to miss that lesson. Also, uh, what is the other thing? The Johnny Coleman Institute. Johnny Coleman Institute is starting a new series of classes, I believe, May. I don't have it right in front of me right now. May 16th. On May 18th, it's five weeks. I'm going to be teaching uh, You Too Can Prosper by Robert Russell. So I want to make sure that you have the opportunity to, again, get good lessons. So you can go to cutemple.org, click on classes. Schedule of classes, follow the directions, and sign up for a class. I teach via Zoom on those classes. They're not in person, and right now at least. We'll look at that down the line, but right now all the Johnny Coleman Institute classes are online. And I'm going to be teaching You Too Can Prosper, which is a pure metaphysical text on how to develop the consciousness for prosperity. It's only five weeks, so you can get a infusion of truth in a short amount of time. And my Zoom classes are normally really big. They can range anywhere from 60-something to over 100 people. So give yourself the opportunity to to be a part of a collective consciousness that's studying prosperity. Last but not least, uh, before we get back to the book, and I see I have a caller that I need to uh, take as well. Um, the best ways to stay in contact with me, now that this show is you know, on Unity will be gone, and they'll have to go to, again, the mindbodyspirit.fm. I want to make sure that you know that this show has a Facebook page, Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. If you ever need to get in contact with me, that's easy. I have an Instagram page, which is Galen McDowell. You can contact me there. That makes that easy. I'm on Twitter, but I'm not on Twitter as often. I check my Instagram more and my Facebook page stuff more. So those are two easy ways to get in contact with me. And I'm the executive minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. So if you go to call the church or you contact us on the website at cutemple.org, I'm findable. I'm so findable, it's almost unreal. So again, in in May, when uh, when I start doing new episodes they won't be live but they'll still be rocking and rolling you're gonna get the same hardcore truth you've always received 
So I want to make sure that you know how to get in contact with me no matter what. Uh, let's get this caller in. Hey, Dot. Hey, how are you, Reverend Gaynor McDowell? Good morning, and good morning to all. I just wanted to say thank you to Unity Online Radio for giving you the opportunity to touch so many lives, definitely touch my life on True Transforms, and I'm looking forward to your new journey in May. Thank you very much. I appreciate yes. it. Appreciate yes. appreciate you and all that you do. Thank you so okay, much. Okay, thank you, and I'll see you Friday in person. All right. Let's yeah. rock and roll. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> Bye-bye. Thank you. Okay, so um, let's get back to the book. So I was trying to knock out both of these chapters. I don't know if I'll be able to do that or not, but we'll let's see what we can get done. All right, page 130 in my book. A man's state of consciousness is his demand on the infinite storehouse of God. And like the law of commerce, a demand creates a supply. Let's stop there for a moment. Sometimes people want supply without making the mental demand. How do you make the mental demand? By holding in, in consciousness that which you desire. Now, Emmett Fox called this the mental equivalent. He would say the clarity of mind, the conviction of feeling. It's the same thing. You have to, you have to build the, the blueprint in mind of the, of the desire. And then you have to put the feeling or, or the conviction with it. That's why I always tell people to read the mental equivalent. I did a whole series on the uh, pamphlet or booklet, the mental equivalent many years ago. You can go back and listen to that as well. So, and H. Emily Cady wrote in Lessons and Truth, the same thing, that the demand comes first, then the supply, not supply and demand. We normally say that in, in our, at least in the English language, we'll say supply and demand, but it's really demand and supply. Okay, when we understand that, then we know that we have to put a demand on the universe or the source or God or Holy Spirit or divine law, whatever term you like to use. And the demand is the state of consciousness you hold. The demand is the conviction that you hold. The demand is speaking the word from the state of consciousness you desire. I can remember many times. In the 90s, when Reverend Coleman would have us sing these, we used to have these um, unity-type hymns we were sent from the Unity Wings of Songbook. And and then sometimes we would sing these songs, and sometimes people didn't really want to sing, sing them, let, I'm going to be honest. And she would just stop us. And she would say, sing it like you're speaking to the universe. Or we would have these uh, affirmative statements early in the service where it was a series of affirmations we would have to uh, proclaim during service. And if we were saying them in a, in a, what's the word I want to use? Um, less than passionate way. She would stop. We're doing it over again. Speak like you're talking to the universe because you are. She was teaching us that you have to have conviction with your word. Now back to the book. He wrote, to change the supply, you change the demand, your state of consciousness. What you desire to be, that you must feel you already are. Ooh, that's great. Your state of consciousness creates the conditions of your life. 
rather than the conditions create your state of consciousness. To know this truth is to have the water of life. In other words, when you understand the water of life or the truth, you no longer live life as a victim. You no longer live life as an effect. You don't you get out of the reaction mode and you choose to live from cause. I am the cause in my life. I am the power of cause in my life. Consciousness is what I am. Or as Reverend Coleman used to say, so beautifully, I am the thinker that thinks the thought that makes the thing. That's what we do. Back to the book. So he went on to write, but your savior, the solution of your problem cannot be manifested by such knowledge only. It can be realized only as such knowledge is applied, which I've said over and over again. Apply, 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 apply. How do you apply it? Only as you assume the feeling of your wish fulfilled and then continue therein is your sigh pierced from whence come cometh blood and water. In this manner only in this in this manner only is Jesus the solution of your problem realized. You have to stop when you read Neville because he writes a certain way. Your brain has to say, wait a minute, I wouldn't write this this way. But it makes me stop. You only realize this Jesus Christ consciousness through the application of assuming the feeling of the wish fulfilled. And this is why reading Neville sometimes trips people up. What is he saying? He's only dealing with the metaphysics of this. He's not trying to deal with the humanity of the human Jesus who walked uh, 2,000 years ago in Galilee. He's talking about solely what is this, what are those, what are those stories saying about our own levels of consciousness, our own states of being, our own Christ nature. All right. So he quotes this guy, Jacob Bohem, for thou must know that in the government of thy mind, thou art thine own Lord and master, that there will rise up no fire in the circle or whole circumstance of thy body and spirit unless thou awakest it thyself. What does that mean? He broke it down. God is your consciousness. His promises are conditional. Unless the demand, your state of consciousness is changed to supply, the present conditions of your life remain as they are. Now, I would say it differently, but it's not, but it's the same truth. God is unaffected by anything that happens to anyone, anywhere, at any time. God is transcendent. God as divine mind is unaffected because truth just is. Now, when we want to change the experience we have to hold a different level of consciousness to produce different results. 
think about it. In New Thought, there used to be a statement. I don't hear it as often as I used to. There's nothing to be healed, only God to be revealed. I'm going to say it again. There's nothing to be healed, only God to be revealed. In other words, in divine mind, in spirit, there's never any healing because there can be no sickness, no lack, or anything other than God being God at a pure metaphysical level of principle. However, at the, rel the level of relativity, which we call the physical world, that is affected by our mentality or our psychology. Therefore, you have to make the demand, change your state of consciousness to create a different experience. So, he wrote, for instance, as we forgive, we change our mind. The law is automatic. Your state of consciousness is the spring of action, the directing force, and that which, and that which creates the supply. It's something to think about. All right, so he then wrote, excuse me, if that, this is from Jeremiah chapter 18, verse 8, 9, and 10. If that nation against whom I have pronounced turn from the evil, I will repent of the evil that I thought to do unto them. And what an instant and at what instance I shall speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom to build and to plant it. If it do evil in my sight, that boy these old translations, that it may that it obey not my voice, then I will repent of the good wherewith I said I would benefit them. Now this is Old Testament language, teaching God is divine law. He wrote, this statement of Jeremiah suggests that a commitment is involved if the individual or nation will realize the goal, a commitment to certain fixed attitudes of mind. The feeling of the wish fulfilled is a necessary condition in man's search for the goal. Okay? All right. Now. Then he gets it to a story that I don't know if I have time to teach because I want to teach a little bit of this mystical view on, I think I covered the main stuff. So you'll have to read the rest of it because it's, it's a story he teaches at the end of this chapter. But in chapter nine, it's called the, uh, a mystical view. And at least I want to cover that somewhat to close out this series. So again, see time and harvest by Neville or Neville Goddard. Uh, there are, the original version of this got um, incorporated into the Neville Reader that you can get through Divorce and Company, which I highly recommend, by the way, the Neville Reader. Or you can get other new printed copies. I don't think the pages and all those things match with the original, but you can't go wrong reading Neville. That's all I'll say. If you can handle what he's saying, because I remember when I first read Neville, I was like, what the heck is this? And I put it down, literally. Because I was a really a brand new new thought student, basically a year in, and I put it down, and I got my fundamentals together. And when I picked it back up, it was a new world. All right, back to the book, page one, chapter nine, page one forty-five, a mystical view. 
It starts with Mark chapter 4, verse 33 and 34. And with many such parables spake he the word unto them, as they were able to hear it. But without a parable spake he, he not unto them. And when they were alone, he expounded all things to his disciples. Now, Neville wrote, this collection of parables, which is called the Bible, is a revelation of truth expressed in symbolism to reveal the laws and purposes of the mind of man. All right. So from a metaphysical standpoint, every character in the Bible is you. Every place is you. Everything is you. It's talking about something within you as a, within your own being, within your own consciousness. As a, as a spiritual being and as a psychological or mental being. He says, as we become aware of deeper meanings in the parables than those which are usually assigned to them, we are, we are apprehending them mystically. All right. So he goes on to write, for example, let us take a mystical view of the advice given to the disciples in Matthew 10, 10. We read that as the disciples were ready to teach and practice the great laws of mind, which had been revealed to them, they were told not to provide shoes for their journey. A disciple is one who disciplines his mind that he may consciously function and act on ever higher and higher levels of consciousness. The shoe was chosen as a symbol of vicarious atonement or the spirit of let me do it for you because the shoe protects his wearer and it shields him from impurities by taking them upon itself. The aim of the disciple was always to lead himself and others from the bondage of dependency into the liberty of the sons of God. Hence the advice, take no shoes. That's an interesting take because um, normally feet con connected re represent understanding as it's connected to the material realm. All right. This is the point of all that he wrote, though. Accept no intermediary between yourself and God. Turn from all who would offer to do for you what you should and could do far better for yourself. All right. Then he quotes Matthew chapter 25, verse 40. Verily I say unto you, insomuch as you have done unto one of the least of these, my brethren, ye have done it unto me. He wrote, every time you exercise your imagination on behalf of another, be it good, bad, or indifferent, you have literally done that to Christ, for Christ is awakened human imagination. This is an excellent take on a particular scripture. Through the wise and loving use of imagination, man clothes and feeds Christ. And through the ignorant and fearful misuse of imagination, man disrobes and scourges Christ. Very interesting. So through the uh, abuse of or proper use of your faculty of imagination. I, I normally use, I believe that, Christ, that imagination is a faculty of the Christ. Neville taught it as the Christ. Nevertheless, when you properly use your imagination, he's saying that you are properly clothing the Christ in what? In the right images in the right feeling to produce results that are consistent with your spiritual wholeness. And when you are using your imagination improperly for destructive outcomes, negative outcomes, uh, and all that goes along with that, you are disrobing it. 
So in other words, you got to lift up the thought of the Christ in you. Lift it up. Lift it up. Okay. Back to the book. He quotes on page 149, Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Whatsoever things are good uh, of good good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. That's not the whole scripture. Uh, but the point is, what are you keeping your mind on? Then he quotes the Song of Solomon, chapter 3, verse 9 and 10. I really love this. King Solomon made himself a chariot of the wood of Lebanon. He made pillars thereof of silver, the bottom thereof of gold, the covering of it of purple, the mist thereof being paved with love. And he interprets it. This is the first thing we notice is King Solomon made himself. This is what every man must eventually do. Make himself a chariot of the wood of Lebanon. By chariot, the writer of this allegory means mind in which stands the spirit of wisdom, Solomon, controlling the four functions of mind that he may build a world of love and truth. So building yourself the level of consciousness that allows you to work this truth properly. You have to build it. You build it through your consistent practices, through your consistent habits, what you do consistently. You can make your mind a palace. Or you can make your mind the worst ghetto. And the choice is always ours. Your mind can be a palace, literally. It can be a temple, literally, to the things of God, to the ideas of God, to the ideals of God, to the ideas of prosperity, health, peace, joy, harmony, love, and grace. Or it could be something else. I know this requires a lot of conscious thought and thinking, but here's the thing. You're living already, you're thinking already, you're feeling already, you're believing already. So you might as well make sure that that's advantageous for you. Because guess what? I am the thinker who thinks the thought that makes the thing. I really want that to land. I am the thinker who thinks the thought that makes the thing. When you're reading these Bible stories, you're reading about yourself. Are you building Solomon's temple in your as your consciousness? Or are you through the acceptance of thoughts, feelings, and beliefs that are inconsistent with truth, destroying Solomon's temple? These are things that we have to be mindful of. So we only have a couple of minutes left, so I don't want to go right to the end without saying yet again that as we transfer this show over to mindbodyspirit.fm, please keep in mind in May when we jump back in, either the first or second week of May, I haven't decided yet, 
We're going to rock and roll. We're going to do what we have to do. We're going to make this stuff work. It's going to be exceptional. It's going to be fantastic. It's going to be all that it's always been. It just won't be live. You just won't be able to call in. But I'm going to continue to give the good, consistent truth that I'm known for and that this show is known for. And I also want to just remind you that on all these different apps and websites, if there's particular episodes that you just want to keep, you know, you can just download them directly to your computer or your mobile devices. You can keep them. Once you have them, they're yours. No big deal. I want to make sure that you have what you need to do what you need to do. Again, if you need to reach out, Instagram, Galen McDowell, Facebook, Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. If you try to send something to my personal Facebook page, I might not get it because, um, you know, that's that's set for my settings on that are not open to the world. So I want to make sure that you do what you need to do. Again, Christ Universal Temple. If for those who want to be a part of my YouTube can you too can be prosperous class. Make sure you go to cutemple.org. Click on the classes. Go to schedule of classes and just follow the directions and sign up for that class. The Johnny Coleman classes, Johnny Coleman Institute classes are exceptionally inexpensive because that was the vision of our founder. And Reverend Wells wants to maintain that uh, the ability for anyone who is willing to learn to be able to come in and get this information. So, you, if you have never taken a class on the Johnny Coleman Institute or you've done it before and it's in your soul to do it, don't hesitate. Go and sign up. Do it. Do it quickly. Um, God bless you all. I'm glad that you've given me the opportunity in this format to feed you spiritually. And I look forward to doing it on the new format. God bless you all. And I'll see you in a few weeks. Take care. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Intuition is our spiritual GPS and the single best tool that we have for navigating our lives. I'm Victoria Shaw, and on my Intuitive Connection podcast, I will share with you the ways to connect with your intuition and awaken the gifts of your soul. In each episode, I'll draw on my own intuitive gifts and my training as an Ivy League trained counselor and psychologist to help support you in reaching your highest potential. Start listening now on Mind Body Spirit FM Podcast Network or wherever you find your podcasts.